Welcome to the One Heart Podcast from Concordia University, St. Paul, where we share the stories at the heart of our CSP community. Greetings, listeners, and welcome to the One Heart Podcast from Concordia University, St. Paul. I'm your host, Billy Schultz. Today's guest is Reagan McCarthy. Reagan serves as CSP's athletic director and shares about her role and how she serves our students, especially our student athletes, and what impact intercollegiate athletics have for our students. Well, thank you for being on with me today, Reagan. Yeah, thank you for having me. Can you share your uh, your life journey leading up to CSP? Uh, where have you gone? What have you done? And uh, after that, then I'll ask you about uh, how you got to be at CSP. Absolutely. Uh, I'm originally from Colorado, uh, but I, I moved to the Midwest. I went to college in Sioux Falls at Augustana University. And while I was there, I started out uh, studying communications and I was also a volleyball student athlete. So Unfortunately for me, my first experience with Concordia was playing against some of Brady's very first national championship teams. So I was very familiar with uh, with the university through volleyball, at least. I, I grew up in a family that was very into sports. And so as my as my college career continued, I realized that I really enjoyed sports journalism. So I started interning in the sports info department at Augustana. Uh, So I did game recaps, took stats, game programs, that type of stuff. And then after I graduated, I was able to stay in the department as a grad assistant. And after I graduated from there, I took a position at the Upper Midwest Athletic Conference uh, as the associate commissioner, which is a D3 conference located here in St. Paul. And it was a small office. So that was really the place where I was really able to get my hands on to all kinds of different aspects of athletics and where I really became interested in compliance and some of the more administrative side of things. So then in 2012, the assistant AD for compliance role was open at CSP. And again, I was familiar with the institution and and wanted to to get back into the D2 ranks. So I started here in February of 2012, and I've held various roles within the department since then, but was named athletic director in 2019. So I'm going into my 12th academic year uh, at the institution and working within athletics. Yeah, so you've been a big part of of the department for, for many years now. Um, what do you enjoy most about being part of CSP and part of CSP Golden Bear Athletics? Sure. Um, well, you know, CSP really, it it felt like home to me right away uh, because my alma mater was also a small private Lutheran school. So it was it was really familiar to me. And as a D2 student athlete myself, I was really drawn to being a part of another D2 institution. But the thing that really sold it for me, and it's the thing that I still appreciate about it, is just the people. Uh, we have great coaches and faculty and staff here who really, really care about our students and and for us, our student athletes. And I love I love being a part of that. And it it sounds cheesy, and I, I tell our student athletes this too. I know it's cheesy, but being a Division two student athlete was life changing for me. Mm-hmm. And I love that I get to play at least a part in providing a similar experience for our students at Concordia. That's fantastic. So as an athletic director, what are some of your day-to-day responsibilities as well as some of those big picture uh, responsibilities? Obviously, there's a number of 
sports and coaches and administrators you work with. So, so what does that look like for you? Yeah. So day to day to me, doesn't really look that much different. I don't feel like from what any type of director of a department does, it's really a lot about managing staff. So I manage our coaches and our administrative staff, which is a fun part of the job. It's also a really big one. Since we sponsor 17 NCAA sports, we have close to 50 staff members in our department when you count both full-time and part-time people. So I feel really fortunate that we have so many great people in our department and they take it easy on me and they, they make it enjoyable, but that's a really, really big part of my role. And then of course, I'm also, um, you know, involved in preparing and monitoring our program budgets, approving schedules and some of the travel and stuff that's associated with it. And then I spend a lot of time working with our team to be prepared for home contests. And when we, when we get to host some of those, some of those events, um, Big picture, it's really about, you know, evaluating the strategic direction of our department and all the ways that we can keep moving it forward, whether that's facility upgrades or new programs or new services that we can provide student athletes. And then, of course, I work with our university leadership in ensuring athletics is doing our part to contribute to the overall strategic goals of the university. And then some of my favorite stuff is I get to represent CSP at both the conference and the NCAA level Mm. by serving on committees and voting and proposing on rule and policy changes that affect our student athletes. That's a lot to do. (laughs) And I'm sure the work doesn't stop in the summer just because we don't have any uh, active, you know, competitions. So it's it's, it's a lot to deal with, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. It's fun though. And um the competitions, like those are those are some of the some of the best times, of course, getting to be at games and and participate in some of that stuff. And I've been fortunate at CSP to travel to championships and do all kinds of fun stuff like that. But like I said, I also really enjoy interacting with colleagues from other institutions and working at the NCAA level. And a lot of that is stuff that that happens a little bit more heavily in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you started in 2019, obviously, then the pandemic hit in 2020. And for quite a while, things were pretty fluid in flux with with athletics. Um, Can you share a little bit about that experience? Uh, What it was like to try to figure out this huge change and everything and and how to best serve uh, the athletes as they weren't sure what was going on and and when they'd be able to compete again? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, um, so it was a year, right? Basically I'd been an AD for a year when, when all of, when all of that stuff hit and it was one of those things where you just feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose because everything's coming at you so quickly and, and everybody, no matter what type of profession you're in, we were trying to figure out how to, how to manage things, how to do it safely, what's important, what's not important. And I think the things that I, that I realized the most during that time was, um, you know, a, my conference colleagues and the institutions that we're typically competing against really did a great job of working really hard together with five different states and five different, um, state organizations that are telling them what's allowed and what's not allowed. And then, you know, adding the layer on top of NCAA regulations and what what they were requiring. I feel like we did a really good job of working together to try to give our our institutions and our student athletes the best opportunity that we could to to Mm -hmm. compete. 
And then also just trying to work with, with people at Concordia, you know, I, um, I served on the, the contact tracing team and that was a whole nother thing of itself, (laughs) but, um, you know, it just, it just went to show how people are willing to step up and pitch in when we need people to fill roles in, in different areas than they typically would be working in. So that was, that was something that was really refreshing. And then of course, you know, our student athletes, they, they're incredible and they took a lot of that, um, adversity in stride and did what we asked them to and, and tried their hardest to, to get what type of, um, you know, value out of it that they could, even though they weren't competing, trying to get better and trying to learn and, and, and do what they could. So it, it was a very challenging time, but it was also a good lesson in how, um, you know, when, when people want to, when people want to try to find solutions for something and you've got good people around you, it, it, you're able to, to kind of work your way through some of those challenges. Yeah. Kudos to you and your team for, for navigating that so well. And getting on the other side of it now um, where our teams are back competing and and doing so at a high level um so as as you've mentioned and as many listeners already know csp is a division two ncaa division two uh institution um can you share a little little bit about how division two differs from you know division one and division three and and what makes division two so unique Sure. Yeah. So division two is, it's the, it's the one that's all about balance. Um, we have talented driven student athletes who want to compete at a really high level, but who also have a desire to engage in other areas of collegiate life. And so, you know, we have students on our teams right now that are serving in student Senate, they leave clubs and orgs, they participate in music and intramurals and all of those things that make their collegiate experience so robust. Um, so they're able to have a really well-rounded experience because their academics come first, um, but they're also able to earn athletic scholarships and then compete for championships. And don't get me wrong, they put in an incredible amount of time and work and sacrifice, but um, they just also have that opportunity to excel in other areas as well. Um, that's, you know, biased approach, but that's, that's what I loved about being a division two student athlete. And that's what I love about the opportunity that we can provide ours. Um, you know, people tend to be a little bit more familiar with division one, mostly kind of some of that difference. They don't offer that same type of balance approach. So Mm -hmm. they have longer seasons, more travel and a lot of different expectations on their time. Um, of course, and of course, those student athletes have the ability to be scholarshiped. And then D3 doesn't offer scholarships, but allows for student athletes to have a really competitive experience, but with even fewer time constraints than Division II. And they, they're they really seen as a um, maybe a more uh, immersed part of the regular student body. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating to think about. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of people watch Division I athletics on TV. And so it's, it's, it's not all like that, obviously, uh, within Division Two, and so it's it's fascinating. Um, you know, as I was a student at CSP, not knowing much about Division Two at first, and and seeing how, yeah, that uh, so many uh, student athletes were just engaged in so much, and and part of that too is CSP being a smaller student body, especially in the undergraduate right. level. There's even more opportunities um, than some of the bigger state schools to to really be immersed and to you cross paths with with student athletes all the time. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other part of it too, is that our coaches go into it like that too, mm-hmm. right? They not only know that our students want to do that, but they encourage it. They want them to, to gain those other leadership experiences and take on internships and do all the things that are going to make them successful when they move forward. And they may not have had the same type of ability to, to participate in those things if they hadn't had chosen to play division one. Yeah, that's excellent. Like you mentioned, there's lots of benefits for our students when they come to CSP uh, to be involved and to grow and develop in so many different ways. Um, can you share how that athletic experience benefits students in the long run, uh, maybe more more deeply, as well as how being a Division II institution helps uh, our university? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as I said before, my, my experience as a student athlete was life-changing. Um, research tells us that participation in sports helps with confidence, leadership skills, teamwork, time management. Employers are often drawn to hiring former student athletes because they know that they've developed those skills and also that they have um, a really great work ethic and that they are used to performing under pressure. They do that. They do that all the time. Um, So I am constantly getting recruiters and and people from different companies that are wanting to reach out to student athletes uh, because they they know that they make great employees also. And, you know, for our students, they also get the built-in benefit of an extra community and support system within their teams. They, mm-hmm. most of them develop lifelong friendships with their, with their teammates. And, and um, because of those aspects, our student athletes retain and graduate at higher rates than the general student population which really kind of leads into then how athletics benefits the university. You know, our job is to recruit high-level student-athletes who will perform on the field, but then who also will perform in the classroom, and we help retain them, and eventually they earn degrees from the university. So, you know, we hope we we win a lot of games and competitions along the way, but really at the end of the day, um, that's what that's what we look forward to is, is watching them walk across the stage with their diploma. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is we've we've had I've had the pleasure personally of being involved in the addition of two new programs on campus. Mm-hmm. So women's lacrosse in 2017 and then um, women's swim and dive in uh, supposed to be in 2020, as you mentioned, the, the <laughs> pandemic hit during that time. So officially 2021. Um, but those two programs are now, you know, off- offering opportunities for students who might not have originally chosen to attend Concordia. And now they're here and they're thriving in their sport and they're thriving as a member of the CSP community. Yeah, so many advantages, right? And and I think even CSP being in the Twin Cities is a, is another great layer for our student athletes to, gosh, be able to plug into so many different organizations, whether it's the the large Fortune 500s or small nonprofits, uh, kind of across the board. There, uh, so many so many opportunities, and obviously, then we celebrate too. All the academic awards our our sports teams and our student athletes uh, receive. I feel like it's almost constantly there's some sort of um you know whether it's like the fall or the the spring semester awards or or just like the academic all-americans it's it's truly exciting to to see so many students thrive mm-hmm. yeah and i think you know for what i hear from a lot of our students to the benefit of of being at a smaller institution is we have faculty and staff that that help make that happen right so our students work hard and and at the end of the day they win they win the awards but a lot of that has to do with the fact that our faculty are really invested in them as people and so they know that they're student athletes and they um they 
are are flexible and supportive and and try to help them through with all of the different aspects of their of their learning environment at Concordia. Yeah, yeah, it's super fantastic. Just the the true community feel. I think that that comes about. Um, we're all we're all aiming for the same success as an institution as a community for each student. So, yeah, it's just right. a, a, a beautiful microcosm of that, right? Um, so there's lots of talk uh, lately about so many different aspects of of college sports, right? With with name, image, likeness, or NIL, um, other aspects of you know different compliance issues and and whatnot. Um, it kind of seems like there's a fire hose of, of, of things uh, constantly happening in intercollegiate athletics. Um, but as far as from your perspective, what do you see kind of happening in the coming years? How are things evolving? How are things changing? Uh, what, what does the future look like uh, for yeah, athletics? So, I mean, you mentioned it, um, uh, the loosening of name, image, and likeness. That was one of the biggest changes that took place in NCAA um, in decades, right? That was um, unprecedented change. And I think it was the right move to benefit our student athletes in that way. Our, the issue is that we're still figuring out how to manage it right now. And so it's a little bit, people, people say it's a little wild, wild west out there when it comes to what's taking place with, with NIL. And that kind of, you know, leads to, to what I think is going to start happening even more in college athletics and, um, with different States passing their own NIL laws, none of them look the same. Uh, so there's an unprecedented need for congressional intervention in how college sports is managed. And I think that that's going to continue to be the case. And I'm hopeful that we're going to find a way to um, you know, protect the interests and the safety and, and well-being of our student athletes, but also do that while preserving the amateur status and level competitive playing field ideals that NCAA was built upon. Mm-hmm. So I know you um actually I know you interviewed Davaris Cheeks mm-hmm. in a previous episode. And um, as a football student athlete here, he also serves as our conference representative to the National Student Athlete mm-hmm. Advisory Committee. Uh, which is a really big deal. I don't know how many people realize how how big of a deal that is, but he's doing a great job with that. And in just a few weeks, he'll be participating in an engagement panel in Sioux Falls, addressing government leaders in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And the NCAA president, Charlie Baker, will also be there. Um, so, you know, we're hoping let that student athletes like DC continue to be the strongest voices in those conversations and express how important it is that that Congress make it a priority to to get involved. Um, but I think that's going to continue to happen, and it's gonna it's gonna be beyond just the the NIL space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like there's just a lot of talk right now, and of course, <laughs> uh, hot takes and various uh, you know uh, posturing by different politicians and and figures and and. I don't think it's always focused on the students as much, but yeah, the hope is yeah, our students like DC will continue to to be those advocates. They they know what it's like to be student athletes and um and, and have a lot of say and and a lot of good things to say, I would I would add. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And I think, you know, the the hard part too is a lot of what people see on the news and a lot of what a lot of what has been discussed is very targeted at division one programs and often mm-hmm. even the biggest of the big division one programs too. And so there's not a lot of education or public knowledge about how some of those potential changes impact athletic departments like ours in division mm-hmm. two or division three schools, or like I said, even, even 
you know, mid-major D1s that their their funding sources and the way that they um, that they run athletic programs look very very different from the majority of the student athletes that you're seeing that you're seeing on TV. So it's just a very layered and complicated complicated problem that um, the talking heads on Sports Center don't always dive dive all the all the way down into. Yeah, CSP is not uh, USC or University of Texas. We are <laughs> right. We're we're very different very different ball game. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then but the decisions that are made have implications, right? Mm-hmm. And so so how is that how's that going to impact departments like ours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and then it's just more more things to be aware of compliance wise and regulations that have to be taken into account when running a department and making sure students know what what they should and shouldn't do. And it's just a lot. <laughs> So what would you say as we close out, uh, you're most looking forward to this coming uh, academic year? Is there anything specific or is it just um, continuing to to meet more students and, and see them compete? Sure. Well, we have a couple of um, a couple of exciting game day updates that'll be that'll be fun for for fans and student athletes alike. We're a couple of weeks away from getting a new a new video board that's going to be installed at the stadium. So that's going to be really exciting. I think that's going to add a lot to uh, to that experience. And I know our student athletes that participate in this in um, NC Foam are really excited about that particular change. And then we're doing something sort of similar in the Ganglehof. We've had um, we've had some video boards in there for a couple of years now, but we're adding some new score tables that will also have some video elements. And so oh, cool. those are those are some fun things that that kind of add to add to game day. But you know, really, I I just always this time of year is really exciting for me. It's it's one of my favorite times of year. Just the anticipation of getting all of our students back on campus and our our um, our football student athletes move in on Sunday and they're going to be followed closely by the rest of our the rest of our fall sports with volleyball, soccer, and and cross country. And so it's just it's just always a joy to have them all back and feel that energy that they that they bring on campus and every new year it's just exciting to see you know, what are what are our teams going to do who are going to be the the underclassmen that um that maybe are are older now and step up and and we get to see them excel and kind of fill the shoes of those that came before them so um yeah just just really excited to to have have our students back and can't wait for can't wait for our seasons to start yeah absolutely well thank you so much for your time today and for the work that you do to serve our students and the university and uh yeah best of luck to all of our golden bear athletes as they uh begin the uh 2023-24 seasons yeah awesome thanks and uh a shameless plug we have our our football home opener on on uh the last day of august um, on that thursday and then we have soccer on september 8th and volleyball, home volleyball, we don't get them until September 12th. But those are our um, our couple of home events that are coming up. And we hope that hope that people want to come watch. Thank you for listening to the One Heart Podcast. We invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And consider sharing with a friend. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the One Heart Podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Concordia University St. Paul. The material information presented herein is for general information purposes only. The Concordia University St. Paul name, all forms and abbreviations are property of Concordia University St. Paul, and using them does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, 
product, or service.